0: Welcome to Real 45 with Stefan and Greg Hancock. We vibe out and have real talk, so tune in and check this out. Yeah, today is a new day. Let's it now and get hype. hype. We talk about our careers, our our family, and just life. Yeah, share my story with you. Inspiration like every day. Real 45, we gon' keep it live. I keep episodes on replay. Hey, Real 45, yeah, Yeah. Real 45. Show them how we do it, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yo, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Real 45 podcast. I am Greg Hancock. I'm going to be your host. I'm going to be your guest. I'm solo on this uh, on this uh, evening journey for the uh, Real 45 podcast. My buddy, my partner of crime Stefan Janelle can't be with us on this uh, broadcast, but we had some ideas, some thoughts about uh oh Moving forward and trying to get some involvement from all of you out there uh, who've been listening, paying attention, following me, following the podcast, and we want to we want to have a little bit more inspiration, a little bit more fun, I should say. But it's always good to get your questions, your thoughts, or your concerns. <laughs> Never any issues, right? But um, anyway, you know. I'm a speed racer. Many of you know that. I th- I think most of you listening to this know that. And you know, out there to go racing to get sideways, but the main thing is to win. You know, and winning is what it's all about. You got to be, you got to be uh, in control. You got to be fast, and everything's got to be calculated. You know, so no matter what happens, you know, if the rider takes a lot of a lot of the uh, the credit when things go good and when things don't go so good, that tends to be yeah, a lot of talk around about what happened and what did you do wrong and all this stuff. But you know the the actual credit is is a combined situation, you know every it, it's a team of guys. Uh, if I look at it like this, you know, whether it's, it's a uh, league racing or whatever, but I'm going to talk about the Grand Prix for now. I'm going to talk about me be selfish, Greg, right now, because I'm so selfish. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, in racing, you have to be somewhat selfish when you get on the track, but outside of the track, I don't think I'm too selfish, but, you know, we can, uh, we can take that as another subject at another time, a later date. (laughs) Let's talk about racing. Let's talk about winning. And for me, uh, first of all, I want you to excuse me. I have a really nasty man cold. And, you know, for all of you out there, getting a cold is one thing. But if you got a man cold, dude, that's serious, right? Every chick, every wife, girlfriend out there, she knows. You don't want to mess with a guy who's got a man cold. (laughs) (laughs) anyway, uh, I sound a little nasally, but that's okay. It's just me. So, you know, when I, when I go, when I go racing, you know, I started, I started my, my, uh, my racing career as a kid and dad was my, was my biggest supporter, was my mechanic, was my wallet. He was my everything, you know, and he, uh, he pretty much showed me the ropes and taught me how to do everything so that I can I can work on my bikes. I can build my bikes. I can, I can do everything that my mechanics can do. Uh, you know, however, when you get to the next level and you get moving and you start racing more and more and more, and there's no time to be a rider, a mechanic, uh, a mentor, uh, You know, do everything yourself. you got to have a crew around you. And for me, I have what I think is the best crew you can get they work really hard you know it's for me if you don't have the, a good crew around you it's not possible to uh, it's not possible to to win and it starts at home you gotta have a good working team at home you know that's your that's your family what have you but when it gets to the track it gets to the pits it's those one two three guys I have three guys that work for me full time and they are unreal you know, and they know me better than I know myself most of the time. And what I mean is I can do my bikes myself. But when you get to the point where you're racing, and you got to put your full focus into riding the bike, putting the bike where it needs to be on the track, watching the track conditions, working with specific riders or, or teammates, if you're in a, in a league event, but in the World Championship, I it's all about me. That's where my selfishness comes in. I have to do everything for me. And you know i'm a uh, i'm a dude who spends a lot of time talking with people and doing all that stuff but i know that i can go into a a place in my own head when it's time to get serious and even if people are still talking to me in my head i'm in another place and they're they're still talking to me and i'm i'm uh you know i'm i'm hearing everything and working with them but i'm already starting to think about go and race in and I'm pretty happy that I can do that that I can I can manage to uh, to handle that part so my mechanics sometimes they dislike that part but that they know that's me and it's uh, I've had a pretty pretty good run over the years uh, being me and uh, there's no reason to change me because it works for me and uh, I'm always trying to be a little bit better so these guys they watch my every move they they watch me off the track they watched me on the track and then we discussed many many things in and around the racing so rafael who's my lead mechanic has been with me for uh 14 15 years or something like that without uh, looking at it i have rafael high he's the main man this dude has been gold for me you know i've i've had some great guys working for me over the years had craig hadley back in the day who was with me in my first world championship together with my uh, former business partner and, and longtime friend, Ro- Roger Soderberg. And, and uh, you know, I mean, there's so many guys that have helped me over the years, but key people like that. And and then I've had some of the most amazing people like the Nielsen family, Jeff Nielsen and his father, Bill Nielsen from Sweden here, who they taught me so much together with Lars Larson about speedway and and racing in general and how to approach races and uh, the biggest thing I learned that uh, through Lars and and Jeff and the crew is not to look at the speedway track as an oval you know there's there are actually so many different things going on on that oval surface you're riding on but don't just look at it that you're going around in circles look for different things and uh I won't go into that too much, but very, very grateful to have worked with former racers, former world champions in both Bill Nielsen, who is the first ever world, official world motocross champion. And then um, he, had, he had unbelievable success racing back in the day on some of those bikes that were manly, you know. <laughs> and then Jeff, his son... Uh, two-time world enduro champion and and uh, you know to have these guys in your corner they probably didn't really think too much of Speedway when they started working with me but uh, as the years went by we've more recently we've we've uh, lost Bill um, uh, who's moved on you know but I you know his legacy lens lives on and I still good friends with with his son Jeff and and his family and and Mona Bill's wife so these guys they still have a special place in my my racing career and although I didn't win a world championship with with Jeff and Bill I put a lot of credit to what they taught me is what helped me to achieve what I have achieved since 2002 uh, when I started to work with those guys so the way it goes now Raphael came to work with me back in two thousand two two thousand three somewhere there if I can't get the date exactly in my head but probably two thousand three and the guy barely spoke a word of English and he figured it out basically by I mean literally I, I got a message uh, on my I should hang on, i got I got a, a small letter from Raphael's wife she had wrote a letter for him saying you know if you if you need a job I like work um, and his phone number. And uh, I didn't need anybody at that time. But as it turned out, I'd, I got to a point where I needed to make a change and, and needed someone to help. So I, I made a phone call to Raphael and spoke to his wife and basically said, if you can get to Prague for the Grand Prix in that year of 2003 or 2004, which year... Don't put me on the spot. You get to the track... You can work with us in the Grand Prix. And from that point, I will uh, give you the shot to go to work for us and take over my Polish and Swedish matches. So, Rafael made his way to Prague. I don't remember how he got there. And uh, the fact is, he got to the track. He was there early, waiting for us. He worked with us in the Grand Prix that night. And then, when the races were over, I literally handed in the keys to my van with, all, with my two bikes and all the equipment in it, and said, I'll see you tomorrow in Poland. And I think we were in Chestakova, the first meeting, I think. But anyway, <laughs> Rafael, not only did he drive back to Poland, he had washed up both bikes, cleaned the van inside and out, and was at the track ready to go by the time I had got there and those races back in that time they started like four maybe three four o'clock in the afternoon or something like that so that dude was determined and we didn't speak he couldn't speak any English so our our communication was slim to none so it was pretty exciting if I if I uh if I want to dig into this someday but he basically bought a CD that was, you know, a Polish-English CD that he played over and over and over and over that was very basic. Hello, my name is. Do you have a map? Yeah, here is my passport. Where is the train station? All this kind of stuff. It was awesome. So if I come up to present day, Raphael now speaks great English He's established himself as more than just a mechanic, by far way more, Has one of the largest speedway distribution businesses in, uh, in the world now, too. You know, he's, he's one of the big hitters in the game and is also one of those dudes who's a former rider. He's worked with many riders, and he's been with me now for like 14 years. We have three world championships together, and he knows how to make me fast. So later in time, he we brought in together, we brought in um, uh, Bajo Spolny. Bajo, who worked with Rock Love for many, many years, um, took Raphael under his wing way back in the day and taught him the ropes and where it led him into being a, a rider, etc. And I don't want to tell too much because I think this is a story in itself that we will will take up someday. And uh, it's really, really interesting, fascinating and amazing what they've done and where they've come from and where they are today. So uh, Bajo came in and started helping us uh, approximately 10 years ago. And um, it was Raf and Bajo more or less uh, together. And and Bajo started helping me more uh, seriously when when Jeff and Bill um, um, decided to move on and do... Uh, do their you know spend on spend more time with their families because they came out of racing their whole lives and then jumped in with me and I think that I probably took up way more time than than uh, than was uh, anticipated however it all worked out great and Jeff taught Raphael so much about fixing the bikes putting them together and doing the best job he could for the rider which was me make sure that the controls work, which is, I still work in the same way today. My throttle's gotta work good. My clutch has gotta be perfect to my liking. And there doesn't need, can't be any squeaks and things can't be loose or vibrating because I'm very anal about that kind of stuff. Slightest vibration makes me nuts. And then I will be crazy to figure out what the problem is. I don't get crazy on my guys. They are very, very understanding. And we have one deal that we don't we don't go crazy in the pits we don't yell at each other if something doesn't work out the way it was supposed to it's not like I you know spit the dummy as you guys say and and uh, throw myself on the floor I yell at them and throw my helmet and get angry and that's just not my style you know and I was I was taught that at an early age from my from my dad and um, fortunately I listened to the the best mentors and than uh, I could have ever been around when guys like Bobby Schwartz and Bruce Penhall and, and probably one of the most influential for me was John Cook, uh, because he was very, very much, um, trying to be, you know, work hard that, that work ethic and never upset anybody. And, you know, you got to speak your mind, but it's, uh, it's also very important to just, um, be in control of yourself and, and, don't don't fly off the handle if you can if you can avoid it but i've had my moments uh but you know raf has learned my ways and together we have done so many crazy things over the years working with some amazing people with with uh fabricators with engine tuners um you know electronics people all sorts of different things and most of the time, I go back home in the wintertime and I start my testing and I start come up with new ideas and new things that I want to do. And I, I've got to be... I always believe that I can be better, you know? So I'm trying to be better than every rider out there. I can't beat them by just turning the throttle and, and being crazy and wild because they'll eat me up all day long. So, anyway... The way things have have gone for me over the years that I've, I've understood... Raphael's taught me so much about, you know... Also, like, you can't control what's out of your control, right? So uh, if things aren't working, be more quick to move on to the next thing rather than persevere for too long because you can lose. You know, in the World Championship, you don't have time to persevere for too long. You've got to be quick to make a decision and, and rule something out or fix something quick. If it's not happening, move on. And our standing thing today is make me fast, so many times I come in, and I can be things might not be going well as they they weren't going that great in in Gorzow last week to begin with, and I remember coming in and looking at them and just said, "Come on, make me fast." and they make magic, and it takes three it takes four to tango in this case because in the last couple of years we've also taken on Oscar Vostinsky, and Oscar has has taken control of our Swedish, he takes care of all of my Swedish commitments and the Grand Prix together with, with Rafael and Bajo. So Rafael and Bajo do the Polish commitments and the Grand Prix, and then Oscar handles my Swedish commitments, and together we all do everything in the Grand Prix. So uh, it's quite unique in how it works, but these guys, they have to understand that I might have a, a hard day, I might have an off day, and I never give up. I never get angry, I might just not be thinking straight, but I'm the first one to blame myself before I blame my bikes. And they are so good to always try to, hang on a second, no, it's not you, it is the bikes. And I'm like, no, it's me, and I know when it's me. So if I'm having a hard day and I keep insisting that it's me, they're pretty quick to try to change my thoughts and say, no, man, it's not you. Maybe you are having a hard time, maybe it's not working the way it is, but if we get the bike working like this, And going like this, you will have a much better day. So you can see there's a psychological advantage. And if you don't have the faith and the trust in each other, it's never going to happen. So it doesn't matter who you are and what you say or how you do it. But these guys, they know me like a book. And many times, I'm sure they do things without telling me to. So (laughs) I don't want to know too much because I, I think that if I know too much, then I think more. And another thing we always say is don't think too much because you can outthink yourself. And, uh, you know, for me, I'm stoked because I got, I as I said, the best crew that I can possibly have for myself. These guys, they make it happen. There's never an issue. If I need something, I call them. It's done. Many times it's like they're in your head, you know. Oscar's pretty crazy like that too when he's here working with us in Sweden and, and he can just... I'll turn around to say something, and he's already there doing it. You know, and you go, "Wow, this is this is how it should be." These these guys know you so well. But when we're at the track, when we're in the pits, and we're you know the tension is high, the engines are running, the noise is there, the the desire to win is so high that if I don't do well, I let them down as much as I'm letting myself down. So they 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 know that. I've got to be on my game. So they've got to do everything they can to make sure that bike is 100% perfect because if something's wrong, I will find it and I will say there's something isn't right. And they know that. I I look at my bikes quite regularly because I I take a big interest in in them. I don't just show up at the track and get on them and ride. I, I still have a gander, look over them, sit on them, feel them, check things out just because it's my life. And although I trust these guys like crazy, it's, it's very easy to miss something. And, you know, it becomes a routine, we do do this so much. And, and we're working all the time. And we're, we're trying to be a little bit better than than the rest. It you can still slip up, you can miss something, it can be a broken frame, there can be a broken wire, there can be a, a damaged fuel line, there can be uh, a broken bolt that you missed while you were washing it. And suddenly you have this crazy vibration that feels like the chain is about ready to snap or something's going to fall off. And, you know, when you're sitting at the, uh, sitting on the bike and you got the thing revved up to, you know, eight, 10,000 RPMs as you rip it into the corner and throw it sideways at, you know, uh, uh you know, what is it? 100, 100, 120 kilometers an hour. Then you're like, whoa, man, if that chain snaps, the only thing that's going to happen is I am going to do, uh, one of the most incredible gymnastics moves ever, without a pad, <laughs> unless you hit the airbag, and that can be pretty, pretty nasty. I've been on the receiving end of a few of those, and um, laid in the hospital with a, with a dislocated shoulder and a broken scaphoid when when the chain snapped, and those kind of things you can't predict them. You know it's only steel and aluminum, as Otto Weiss always used to say. And, um, things can break. So it's, it's so, so important to, to know what you got, you know, you can only, you can check everything out, you can double check it, you can triple check it, but I always need to know that everything is right. I need to make sure that, 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 you know, that throttle has got to be perfect. If it's not, I'll say, man, you guys lube the cable again, or, or check, check for, uh, you know, maybe a crack in the, in the, um, the throttle housing or in the top of the carburetor or something like that. And then the clutch, I'm the worst, you know, because it's, that's what that's what wins me races, is the clutch. And that thing has got to be 100% correct. It can't be 99%, it can't be 101%, it needs to be 100 on the money. And uh, I can get away with it many times when it's not, but, you know, when you go to the starting line and, and the race lasts one minute, the you need everything to be perfect. When you drop that thing, when the green light comes on and you rev it up, if it starts to, to pull you a little bit or the thing is is, uh, is shaking or something, your concentration is suddenly is not on, on the focal point of the tapes. It's on crap. Is this thing going to snap? Is something going to break? Is, uh, you know... What, what's going to happen? So suddenly, if you're thinking about that, your mind is gone for that fraction of a second, the tapes go, you missed it just by a fraction, and then your mechanics, when you come in, are like, why, you were late from the start. You did this, you did that. And you're trying to explain to them that there was a problem, and all they're thinking is, dude, you were late. You didn't drop it on time. You didn't do this. And that has happened, too. You're just not ready on the day. But many a times, I, there's so much going through your head in that short period of what's going on, and you're revving the bike up, and you know, the things that, you know, 8, 10, 12,000 RPM, and it's a lot of vibration between your legs, and uh, it might be one, two, or three seconds that you got to stand there with that thing revving up, and you're just going, whew, hold together, baby. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I put a lot of pressure on my guys to make sure it's right, and if it's not right, they're going to hear about it. We might wait until the races are over, but many a times we have to make sure that we uh, we deal with it and we can you know i've been really really angry and i won't say a word and they know when i'm angry which doesn't happen very often thankfully because they uh, they do a great job and i do my job right and together we we try to be successful so we can go on the way home and it's happened from both sides that i've had to apologize for something i said in the heat of the moment. And that has also gone the other way around when they say something and maybe haven't, they, they thought they saw one thing and then they see a replay and then they go, Oh, you know what? Maybe we, we were wrong or maybe I was wrong and, or I shouldn't have said that. That was, I did that wrong and I just got upset. And, you know, that's the, that's the kind of working relationship that is, is, uh, awesome. We, we don't get mad at each other. If we do, we resolve it, and it's okay because it's it's part of. We we just want to win. I want to win. I want to be fast, and I want to be the world champion. Plain and simple. So anyway, that is my story in a nutshell. And my guys, someday you'll get them on this podcast when uh, when I can convince them to sit down and talk shit with me. <laughs> but uh, it's not so easy because they know I like to talk shit. And, uh, talk about a lot of shit, but, uh, <laughs> they don't want to uh, do it all the time because they're busy too. So, um, I'll get them though. You'll get, you'll get to check it out. But anyway, I had, I had a few questions and I'm going to answer, I'm going to go through some of these things with you guys, because I want you to know that I, I've seen them and I've read them and I know what's up. But, uh, uh you know, there's, there's the great Gerd Hansen who, uh, he wanted me to tell you about my manager and that's, that's Josh. And uh, Josh Gudgeon, who's he works with Monster Energy and uh, freelance for, uh, journalist and pretty cool dude. It's helped me a lot. You know, I, I had Richard Child who was with me for so, so many years. And, you know, we have so many great championships and, and great races and good times together. And uh, life has taken a turn and he's doing different things now. But he's still a major, major part of our program and always there to help and support where he can. So uh, we miss Rich and uh but he's still with us and now josh is taking over doing things for us on a daily basis and our our uh, organization with with everything with our websites and our media and taking care of all of our our guests and things like that at the races and he's 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 a big help to the to the whole program uh, for me and for our hancock high team as well so that's it um, you know, now I've got Neil Weaver. You said you wanted to hear plans and motivation. What keeps me motivated to keep racing at such a high level, man. You know, I, I love what I do. I absolutely love speedway and I love getting sideways. And you guys have heard a lot of this before and it's the plain, simple truth. There's for me, there's nothing better than, than, uh, taking my speeder bike down the straightaway at some crazy, mile per hour and pitch it into a drift and, and hang off the thing and then try to balance it and try to make it not drift too much and go as fast as I can. And it's badass. So if you haven't ever tried it, I recommend you should try it somehow, some way in your life. Get sideways, whatever you do. It might just be sitting in your chair and making your chair squeak like this. Did you hear that? (laughs) Um... It's great. And all the time when I'm racing, I only want to do one thing and that's win. So it's very easy. As long as my body holds up and I don't end up in a, uh, situation that I can't ride, you know, it's just to power through and try to be a little bit better, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, man. And, um, uh, I just want to win. It's, it's too much fun. That will change one day, I'm sure. But, uh, it is what it is for now. If I keep on going here, I got a few more too. I have one, um, I think I already answered this one anyway. So that was from one ewithak And uh, one of the general intro to my pit crew, which I gave you Rafael High, Bajos Bolny, and Oscar Vostinsky, as well as Josh Gudgeon, my manager. So um, yeah, you got all that there. I mean, everything for us as you said here you want to know about setup and track conditions and things like that bike setup is always something that uh, is important because you you know you get to the track and we get there at least an hour to two hours before depending on where we are and what we're doing being a guy of my <laughs> long-lasting experience you know I've been to a lot of tracks I've been in a lot of circumstances and different track conditions and weather conditions and things like that so we have an idea what we want to do before we get there and then when you get to the track that you have to do the check it out to make sure that something strange hasn't happened or there hasn't been a little bit more water on the track than there has been rain and those things happen you know so you have to be ready for anything and uh, Bajo always tells me you must always be ready Sometimes he says it as a joke and sometimes he says it in all seriousness and I miss a start and I come in and I say I wasn't quite ready and he comes back faster than I can finish my sentence and he says you must always be ready and <laughs> that's that's when I get the the re, the reality of man you got to be ready. So it is what it is. Then we go to the um, <laughs> the toothless 2210 <laughs> I'm not going to look up your name I just like toothless 2210 sweet relationships between the riders man you know what most of the speedway as you guys know speedway riders are all we're, we're like a big family in one way which is super super crazy because it's a, a very uh, fast paced sport that's it's super physical it's dangerous, but it's within reason. It's, it's part of the adrenaline, you know? So, but most of us, we travel so much together. One day we race together in the same team. The next day we race against each other. It's really, really weird. This sport is so weird for that reason. How can you be teammates? Chris Holder and I be teammates today, and tomorrow we're racing against each other, and the day after that we're in the world championship. And, uh, you know, it's so, it's so abnormal, but it works. And the guys have so much respect for each other, but when it gets down to the track, you know, Hey man, I want to win. I want to beat him more than he wants, than he's going to beat me. That's how I look at it. So I never put somebody in a position that's going to potentially hurt them. That's not my, my ambition. I might run them to the limit, but, uh, you know, accidents happen. And sometimes you go over the top a little bit, but it's never in the meaning, you know, it's just to give a good solid race. And, if you're elbow to elbow for four laps and and uh, you win the heat or you just lose, it's always nice to shake the hand after and say, hey, thanks for a good race. So, you know, there there's always a handful of guys out there that uh, rattle your cage and you, you address them in the way that you need to at the time. But, uh, you know, in this day and age, the, the rules and regulations don't allow you to, to say much, do much, you know, give any sort of verbal or uh, visual Uh, feelings in that manner as we've seen recently too so it is what it is man but uh it's not bad you got to have a good personality you got to um you have to know when to separate the 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 race time from the from the chill time and um i seem to be able to manage that in the best that i can although i i do take my work home with me many of the time many much of the time and my wife would probably vouch for that (laughs) so uh yeah that's it i'm gonna move on here uh what do we got here um dark side photo you said what does it take to to run a full season of gp how many crew cost miles driven etc um uh, oh man you know what that is so tough to say mileage and things like that but i do my program a little bit different because i I have a base here in Sweden, and then my mechanics have a base in Poland as well. So we have two workshops, and there's a lot of travel. But my mechanic, I have my uh, Oscar who travels here every week. He flies between Sweden and Poland, and we keep two bikes here so they, they can work from this point during the week. So he flies here Monday fixes the bikes, we go race on Tuesday, he cleans them on Wednesday, and he flies home Wednesday morning, afternoon, or evening, and then uh, it all starts again. The following week, he comes back Monday, we do Tuesday, cleans Wednesday, he leaves Thursday, and then it's Grand Prix every second week, so Thursday, Friday, we're, we're off to the next GP, so it's, it's cars, it's planes, trains, and automobiles much of the time. Oscar often takes a train from his house in Leszno to Rokhlov or Poznan, gets on an airplane, flies to Sweden. I pick him up in the car, and we drive back to my place. And um, it's, uh, you know, logistically, it's it can be a nightmare sometimes, but most of the time it works pretty good. So costs and things like that, oh, we don't want to go into that right now. That'll take too long on this podcast. But it's not cheap. Um, we do everything on a budget and try not to be silly, but this day and age you got such great websites for for booking travel um you know you, you work hard to find sponsors and I've got great deals with people like Kozarin in Poland who who helped me out with a lot of a lot of travel costs and things like that so you know it you need sponsors it's very difficult to do it all on your own and if we didn't have these great people like that um like like Kozarin for example and and then uh, people like Redline Oil and Motion Pro and Monster Energy who back me, you know, I can I can go on and on. NGK, all these guys, everything they do, whether it's monetary or it's product or something else, it, it is so crucial because the the costs are astronomical. You know, our budgets are are high, and, um, and you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of fuel costs, it's a lot of travel costs, it's hotels, it's food it's, uh, then you get to the bikes with, with engines and engine rebuilds and tires, you know, you have three tires more or less for every meeting and tire costs you anywhere from sort of 50 to 60 euros, uh, approximately. And then you got your fuel costs and you got your oil costs. If you don't have a sponsor and the wear and tear on the engines, you know, it's, it all adds up, man. And, uh, I don't want to bore you with all that kind of stuff, but might be a pretty fun uh, episode one time to sit down with the guys and really lay this all on the line because it's guys like Luke Becker are, are figuring that out now, you know? You just, you come over here and you want to set yourself a budget to go racing and, and suddenly you, you you forget some of the most simple things, you know, and uh, it all adds up. It all adds up. So, uh, good question though, anyway. Um, Suzanne Newhauser, I know you. And you asked me here, too. Um, It would be great to work uh, together uh, after my riding career has gone or developed in the sport. Or your riding career for development in the sport. Oh, utilize that. Well, you know, who knows what's going to happen down the line. I love working with the kids. I love working with teams. I love working with riders. And even more importantly love working with my sponsors. so there's so much I I'm I'm a, little, I'm a hands-on guy. I, I have a hard time leaving everything to my mechanics and the people around me as Josh would even say I, I need to delegate a little bit more and my wife reminds me of that quite frequently too so uh, but you know I want everything to run smoothly and sometimes it's uh, you need to let it go and, and let other people do things for you um, but It's been working good, and uh, I want to be better, so uh, I'll continue working hard, and who knows what will happen in the future. We'll see. That's down the line. Uh, Guys, let's see. What do we got here now, too? Here is... I don't even know how to pronounce this, but anyway, it's Uh, U-I-K-M-V. Whoever you are. Hello, Greg. Have you ever argued with your colleagues about setting up your bike? Uh, and whose opinion is usually the main one. Are you superstitious? What inspires you before a race? And have you the most friendly relationship amongst your crew? You know what? We, we probably have arguments and we have disagreements about specific things. I want to do one thing one way and he wants to do another thing or they want to do something a different way. And, you know, for me, I, I try hard to reason with them i i like to hear the the, their version of why they want to set up a a gear ratio the way they want to do it or why they want to make this combination with the with the wheelbase in this way and and uh you know changing the the complete uh, combination of of carburation and ignition and stuff like that this is all stuff that we do every day but sometimes i've got my heart set on one specific way and then they come with this crazy idea to do something totally the opposite. And I'm like, what do you mean? No way. Why Why would you do that? Let's just try it. Then we know. And many a times we just try it and then we know. And that can go either way. So it's, uh, you know, I can't say that any one of us is always right. And the other thing in our team is we never say that any one of us is the boss. We all have a, a say in the game. And uh, in the end, you know. Uh, I maybe I can make the final decision but a lot of the times we uh, we delegate and uh, work through it together so works cool. superstitious I am probably superstitious in some ways and I I can't say that I have to have things a certain in a certain manner or do things in a certain way I, I get dressed in the same manner I, I I think it's more routine and maybe that's my superstition I got to have everything done in the same way so that I know that I did this right and I did that right and it's been working good so I want to keep it working good. So, you know, as far as colors go and things like that, no superstitions there. I don't eat a specific food before the races or anything like that. You, I mean, you're always conscious of like a black cat crossing the road or something like that. I'm always thinking, That's, is that good luck or is that bad luck? <laughs> so, whatever way, then I think if if you something that you've read about this means it's bad luck because this happened or that happened, I'm thinking, okay, that didn't really happen. So, I'm going to have to really be careful now and see if, if this goes that way. So, in that way, I don't think I'm that superstitious. Anyway, it's cool. It's really cool. Um, my crew are very, very friendly. They are cool dudes. They're all three are Polish. And... You know in one way, they are super open and super talkative, but in another way they are very much to themselves because they don't want to give away too much they're very cool with each other and get along great and they know when to have fun and they know when uh you know when we have to to cut it out and not have too much fun but you know they might come across with a with a stone face sometimes, but that doesn't mean they're not nice guys they just uh they're focused on doing their thing and they they go and do it so I don't ever really have any issues with them, and and sometimes we, we have to, uh, I, you know, they know when you got to be nice to somebody when you don't need to, <laughs> if that makes sense. Anyway, um, let's see, gosh, there's another one here, delegating responsibilities. Um, you know, my guys, that's that came from Master Bill ninety six. What's up, Master Bill? Uh, You know what? Delegating responsibilities, I do my thing and they do theirs. I think between the three of them, when it comes to a Grand Prix, for instance, they all have their place on the bike, in the pits, what they do. One will be working with uh, carburetor and chains and the other one will be working with clutch and and rear wheel and then one will be taking care of fuel and, and various other items. And, you know, although these guys do... Many times they do everything themselves at one event and then it comes to a Grand Prix and they delegate because they want to make sure that everything gets done with precision. There's no mistakes. Nothing is missed. So you take care of this. I'll take care of that. And he'll take care of this. Greg will go race and win. That's how it works most of the time. So it's really, really important that everybody knows what they got to do. But you don't want to, uh, you got to make sure that they all stay focused And, you know, when, you you know, one day you're doing everything yourself and the next day you're only doing a couple of things that can feel kind of odd. However, these guys are so good with each other that I never worry about it. The coolest thing is that we have and probably the greatest thing that we have together (laughs) is that when it goes, when we go racing, I pretty much do my own thing. I make my way to the track and they do their own thing and they make their way to the track. If I need a ride or pick up from the airport, we have a chat, and then they will pick me up at, you know, wherever I'm flying to and take me to the track. Otherwise, I rent a car, and I will see you at the track two hours before the meeting. And then I get in the car after the meeting and, and uh, make my way back to a hotel or or wherever I'm wherever we're headed after that. So... And we all know, you know, I might not speak to them for a couple of days, but when it comes race time, I show up at the track two hours before, and so do they, and there's no questions asked. You know, we know what we're doing. We have such a good collaboration or telepathy that we know what's got to be done. So if I get there, they know I'm coming. And if, uh, uh, you know, if things aren't working out the way they were, then we have a communication or just let them know that, hey, I'll see you at the track at this time or whatever, and that's what we do. You do your job, I do my job together, we'll be successful. That's how it works. Um, You know what? Here's, I'm going to give you one last question here. The White Horn. There's quite a few. This is cool. Some are repeating each other and what have you, but the White Horn. Do you give or receive tips from any fellow competitors during the GPs? During the GP... Nowadays, you know I work very closely with, uh, with our teammate with uh, Chris Holder. So Chris and I, you know we've shared a lot of information over the years and, and, uh, in such a way that he and I both know that we are we're buddies, we're fierce competitors, and we are two completely different individuals. I do things my way, He does things his way. And a lot of the things that I do are, or combinations that I use, my chassis that I use, and things like that are so different than what he does. So we can can actually share specific information knowing that maybe he and I have uh, the same engine tuner, for instance, and we have the same engine combination, yet we set them up completely different. I run a different carburation, a different ignition. I run a different gear ratio. My chassis are different than Chris's. So we know that everything that he's doing, I might test or try at some point, but nine times out of the ten, I don't run what he's running. So we share information, basically trying to to better each other. But when we get on the track, I want nothing more than to beat him. You know, the rest of the guys, you know, I, I, I don't share that much information during a Grand Prix. You know, it's uh, that's not something you do. And, and uh, we have casual chats here and there, and there's a lot of banter around, you know. Um, but... You try to you try to uh, be inspiring to yourself yet you're always curious however you, if you're if you're feeling good if you're riding good you don't need to be curious you can have a look and see what somebody's doing and, and see how quick they're going and you think that looks pretty cool hmm it looks like he's got something going on there and then you might pay a little bit more of attention and try to be like that or be better or just take a little piece out of it so Some people come and give you advice and give you stuff if you're having a rough day. But most of the time, when it comes to the World Championship, there's only one winner. And that's how it is. So, anyway, guys, everybody, I think I've said enough. You're going to get tired of listening to me. And besides that, I have this nasty man cold. But I want to thank you very much for listening. You guys are awesome. You're great. I really appreciate you asking these questions. And I hope that I answered uh, a lot of them. And we'll do this again really soon. So uh, Stefan will be back with us next week. And all of you, be good peoples out there. Be fast. I want to be fast. And thanks for listening. Peace, everybody. Green to win. I'll see
0: you soon. Welcome to Real 45 with Stefan and Greg Hancock. Yeah. We vibe out and have real talk, so tune in and check this out. Yeah, today is a new day. Let's season now and get hyped. Get hyped. we talking about our careers, our, career. our family, and just life. Yeah, share my story with you. Yeah. Inspiration like every day. Real 45, we gon' keep it live. I keep episodes on replay. Ayy, Real 45, yeah. yeah, Real 45. Show them how we do it, man. Yeah.